17 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. The Bible says this, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Moses cried unto the Lord. And uh, this is what he said. He said, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. The Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. He said, Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Tonight, if God will give me grace, help, mercy, and all, everything else I need, I'm going to try to preach to you on a simple thought, but one I believe will help you if you'll let it. And I want to preach tonight on this thought. Your preacher ain't a water pump. You just get what you get with me. Don't pitch a fit. Amen. Amen. Your preacher ain't a water pump. Are you here? Is everybody all right? Some of y'all done nervous. Amen. But your preacher ain't a water pump. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you, God, for the mercy and the grace, Lord, that you've bestowed upon us. I pray, dear God, Lord, now it's preaching time. I pray that you'd help me, Lord, as only you can. God, I can't do this alone. I don't want to attempt it. I don't want to try So, God, if you'd enable me, help me, Lord. Give me power and unction, clarity of mind, clarity of speech, Lord. I'll thank you for it. Use me, Lord, for thy glory. Speak to your people as only you can. God, for what you do in this place, we'll, thank, we'll be thankful and praise you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, you may be seated. Stay with me for a few moments by way of introduction. I want to say it is here in Exodus chapter number 17 where we find that Moses has begun leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. You know the story. You know what God used Moses to do. God tells Moses, go get my people, deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh and Deliver them from the hand of bondage and bring them out into Canaan's fair land. May I say it is within our text we quickly find out that the journey of joy was not so joyful as they made their way to a place called Rephidim where they pitched their tents to rest along their journey. 
May I say tonight it was here in the place called Rephidim that the children of Israel began to be in want of water. You understand the, uh, the layout and the land and the culture and the environment and the surroundings of such a place. I imagine it was hot. It's a desert land. But God has given them an order and a command to leave Egypt. Listen now, which is always a type and a picture of the world and head to the land that's flowing with milk and honey. If you study your Bible, you'll find that once before, these same children of Israel were in similar distress. If you go to chapter number 16, here's what you'll find. They're not begging for water in chapter 16, but they are begging for bread. Uh, may I say they appear to me uh, along this spiritual journey uh, to have great need of physical desire. Are you? Is everybody following me tonight? Uh, they're on their way out of bondage and they're on their way out of slavery and they're on their way out of sin and they're headed to the promised land. They're headed to milk and honey. They're headed to the promised seed, uh, if you will, but along their journey. Is anybody bearing witness with what I'm saying tonight? Along their journey from the world uh, and the wilderness, they encounter some problems. Uh, they get hungry along the way and they get thirsty along the way. I just want to say tonight my friend if you're looking for the preacher to meet all your spiritual needs you're going to be let down and your sureness is going to be let down if you think I can help all your natural and your physical needs. May I say thank God for the preacher. I don't want to, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here but thank God for a preacher. I'm glad I had a preacher. Somebody help me tonight. Thank God for the preacher. But listen, folks, the preacher ain't God. Are you listening? I can't help you in all your problems. I can't help you through everything you're going to go through. I can try to be there to listen. Maybe I can be there for you to be a, be a, a shoulder to cry on. But at the end of the day, you're going to encounter some things that I cannot help you with. That's exactly where Moses is at. Moses is doing just exactly what God had called him to do. But outside of that call, guess what? They look at Moses and Moses were hungry. And he's thinking, well so am I. Are you with me? I mean, isn't it funny how they forget about the preacher has needs too. Help me somebody. They say, Moses, I'm, I'm awful thirsty, Moses. And you say, you said, you know what? Come to think of it, I am too. You know what they said? They didn't ask him where can we get water. They demanded him that he give them water. Now again, my thought is the preacher ain't a water pump. How in the world was Moses supposed to give water he didn't have? I'm going to ask you a question. How in the world do you expect me to give you some things that I don't have? I'm not God. I'm not a water pump and I'm not a bread factory. I can't meet your every need. Now, I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. Now, if you looked in chapter 16, you'll be reminded that they have journeyed out of Egypt according to the commandment of the Lord. This is not a choice they made. 
Now listen to me. We sing that old song and I say it all the time. If you're a saved child of God, this ought to be your motto in life. I'm not a citizen down here no more. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just sojourning in a strange land. I'm a pilgrim passing through. All my treasures are laid up uh, somewhere beyond the blue. Now hear me tonight. Uh, as just as long and just as well, just as, uh, uh, as marvelous as it, as it is, uh, that this world ain't our home and heaven is our home. We're headed that direction. It does not exempt us from troubles and trials. It does not exempt us from dry times. It does not exempt us from barren times. It does not exempt us from the cares of this world, both physically and spiritually speaking. But can I say tonight, just because you're in the way of duty and following God, and in this case, they're even following God's man. By the way, you ain't going to be able to follow God if you can't follow His man. That's who He's using to guide. This ain't a free-for-all. Amen. This ain't everybody's got an opinion and we're going to take up 35 votes before service is over to see what brand toilet paper we get. We're going to get whatever brands put back there and if you don't like it, bring your own. Amen. I mean, church has become a war zone because everybody wants to be in church. That ain't how God done it. Here's how God set it up. He is the head of the church. He bought the church with his own blood. I didn't pay a red penny for it, neither did you. But he bought it in his own blood. And right under the church, or right under the Christ, the head of the church, he set the pastor. You say, oh, you think you're the boss. No, I don't think I'm the boss. I know I'm the boss. Come on, son. Are y'all thought some of y'all's a nervous rag, boys? But I'm telling you the truth. May I remind you that the providence of God will sometimes land you in a dry place. I don't know. I'm doing right, preacher. I don't think I ought to be going through this. Well, maybe you should go talk to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come on, somebody. Help me tonight. I, 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 I'm following the hand of God. I'm in the providential will of God. Well, it led Ezekiel to a valley full of bones. Hey! 
It led Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to a fiery furnace. It led Daniel to a lion's den. It led, it led Paul to a prison cell. It led Elijah to a brook called Jeff. I'm preaching tonight. But can I say that the will of God will not always land you on the mountain? Sometimes it'll get you in a place where you're hungry and thirsty. You know what I found out six and a half going on seven years of fasting? See, those times when God leads somebody to that place they don't want to be, first person they come after is Moses. He's just a preacher. He is not a water pump. Come on, help me tonight. I didn't write the book. Moses is a preacher, not a water pump. May I say tonight, sometimes God will lead you to these types of places to bring you uh, into this place. So the trial of your faith, your faith, listen, faith that's never been put on trials, not faith. Uh, may I say faith tonight? Uh, it's like that old camera film. You've heard me say it for seven years. Uh, how many of y'all remember them old cameras? Uh, that you took a picture and you had to put the film in the dark. Uh, may I say your faith will never develop uh, until it's put to and fall out and quit all of a sudden. Uh, before people walk out on God uh, physically, they done walked out spiritually a long time ago. And most of the time, it's because they put their faith, their trust, their confidence, uh, all the everything about them in a man instead of the master. Uh, can I say tonight, uh, the preacher ain't always going to be able to help you. The preacher ain't always going to be able to rescue you. The preacher ain't always going to be able to encourage you. The preacher can't always comfort you. But thank God, if he's really a preacher, he can walk you down the road and lead you and lead you that's my job lead you lead you and lead you at the foot of Calvary when I cannot help you glory to God there's a man who can he can step out on troubled waters and calm them he can walk up to death bodies and raise them he can touch blinded eyes and make them see he can take an ear and make it here he can
for you. I can help you. I can hold your arms up. But I'm not a water pump. So I'm in a bad spot, which I need your help. I ain't a water pump. I'm dried up. I ain't a water pump. I'm starved to death. I ain't a bread warmer. Come on, help me. I have a dog on me. I'm not a water pump. I'm not a bread warmer. I'm a preacher. A preacher. Moses, man, they're doing their man of God bad. Y'all read the text and hopefully I can get my points. But did y'all read? They got so mad. They didn't, didn't want to leave the church. They wanted to kill him. Moses, we're thirsty. So am I. I mean, somebody's got to give us water. Where's our water? I don't know. I'm a preacher, not a water pump. We're starting to death, Moses. Where's our food? I don't know. I'm a preacher, not a bread warmer. Moses, 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 Mo I believe they probably could have got their bread quicker and their water quicker if they would have stopped grappling at Moses got on their knees and asked God for it. Amen. Amen. I got to move on. Can I say God will sometimes take you to lows so He can get glory out of you and develop your faith? It baffles me how they reacted and to whom they retaliated. It baffles me. How many of y'all would agree most of the stuff that we all go through really ain't nobody's fault? But we always try to blame somebody, don't we? And it, 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 nine, I'm going to say nine out of ten times, it usually ain't someone else's fault. Oh, preacher, you don't know how they've done me. I sure don't. But I do know this. At the end of the day, you had a decision how you reacted to what they done. Amen. It's true. I had no choice but to... Blow up. Yes, you did. Let me tell you, the best thing to do when you're fixing to blow up, bow down. Amen. Amen. Don't blow up, bow down. You'll never be more like Christ than when you go down. Amen. Listen, tonight I'm trying to tell you, preacher ain't a water pump. Let me give you this if I can. <clears throat> May I say their condition revealed their character. When things got hard... The condition that they were in, it revealed their character. They blamed Moses in chapter 16. They blamed Moses in chapter 17. And Moses is completely incapable of providing either bread or water. He's a mere man just like they are. Yet somehow, someway, it winds up being the preacher's fault. May I say they were not content with Moses being their preacher. His job was to follow God and lead them out of Egypt, which is exactly what he done. Can anybody show me where he done something wrong? First of all, he had to have a, a big heart of grit to go down there and deal with Pharaoh time after time after time after time after time. I mean, most preachers, that would have been it for. And, and the whole way out, Brother John, if you, any, if you know anything about your Bible, you know the whole trip out of Egypt was problem after problem. But you know what the man of God did? He just kept leading them. Got to a point God got fed up with them. He said, Moses, it's just going to be me and you. I'm about to kill all of them. You know what Moses said? He said, Lord, don't, don't do that. He said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I even made them jokes. I'm about to kill Edward. This is God speaking. I'm going to kill them all, Moses, and we'll start over with you. You know what he said? Lord, I'm going to remind you something. That's your people. You can't do that. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll leave my life, but y'all journey on. I ain't going with you. Yeah. You know what Moses said? If you ain't going, I ain't going. Yeah. 
Well, I'll send you an angel then, Moses. How about that? You need some help. I'll send you an angel. They say, I love angels, but they ain't God. I ain't going if you don't go. Are you listening tonight? Does everybody remember your Bible? And here they are. And then he goes up, gets the Ten Commandments, comes down, they're all butt naked, drunk. Dancing around the golden calf and his preacher boy Aaron is sitting there bowing down. I mean, the whole place said, We're nuts. But he still keeps leading them in the right direction. That's, you want to know how to spot a real preacher? I'm going to give you, this is Bible. There's a whole lot of men that says they're preachers. There's a whole lot of pastors that say they're pastors. Let me show you how to spot them. When everything and everybody is against them, it does not do what they say. They keep following God and they keep loving God's people. If I can't love you when you're acting stupid, I don't really love you when you're acting smart. Come on, somebody. If I can't love you when you disagree with me, I didn't love you when you agreed with me. That's right. I don't know about that. Read your Bible. That's right. Read your Bible. A real preacher is not going to allow what others do dictate how he feels about them. Here's why. I didn't choose y'all. Are you listening to me? I didn't wake up one day and pick you out. God sent you to me. And I love him enough to love you whether you're doing right or doing wrong. Whether you're faithful or unfaithful. Whether you're sound or not sound. Whether you're listening or ignoring. I love you because God purchased you and has entrusted me to lead you. I got two jobs. Are you ready? Lead you and love you. Y'all want to act stupid? I'm going to lead you and love you. Act stupid. Amen. You ain't going to get this at the big church because I'm not polished and I'm not educated. I'm a redneck, man. I, I, I try my best to dress up good, but I'm a stinking redneck. But that way, and I don't know all the terminology. And I don't have all the doctrines. I don't have everything in order. My theology ain't right. But I'm going to tell you what I do have. i got a call of God in my life. I've got a love for this place. I'll fight hell by the halfway church for every single one of you. I just want, hey, we're on a journey, boy. Don't expect me to be a water pump. I'm just a preacher. I can't help you with everything. Wish I could. I wish I could help everybody's problems. I can't help my own problems. Y'all follow me? There's some things in my life I can't do a thing in the world about. I got to go to him and say, Lord, I need a drink. You're going to have to give me a grilled cheese, Lord. I'm getting hungry. I need help. Just like you are. May I say this tonight? I'm not. God didn't give you a preacher to meet all your needs. That's what He's for. God's given me clear direction as to where we're going. Are you listening? God has given me clear direction as to where Stillwater Baptist Church is going. And it's my job to lead us there and it's your job to follow me there. And if you have a tr- anybody that has trouble following their pastor, you don't need to be sitting on if you do not trust a man that he's following God, why do you waste your time listening to what he said God said? If you can't trust him to lead you, why in the world would you trust him to be hearing from God telling you what God said? I'm trying to tell you, this thing's got to work together. There can't be no doubt. There can't be no question. There can't be no second guy. There can't be no gossip. There can't be no discord. We're in this together and we're headed home. We're headed home. May I say this tonight? Nine out of ten times, 
When people turn on the preacher, it's usually due to a lack of him meeting their natural needs, not even their spiritual ones. That's right. Do you agree with that? Nine out of ten times, the reason most people turn on the preacher and leave the church is because he could not meet their their natural physical needs that had nothing to do with spiritual needs. Right. Didn't get enough attention. Didn't offer them enough opportunity. Their feelings were hurt. Come on, somebody, help me. Here's a God for saying the word around here. Didn't give them a title. Yeah. Preach on it. I can vomit. along the way, a little hungry. But one of these days I'm going to step over into Canaan land. I'll never hunger over there. I'll never get dry over there. Glory to God. Can I say tonight, it's the natural desires that are usually the ones that that most people are craving. I wonder if you crave spiritual help like you do physical help. They wasn't talking about being spiritually dry. You know they were. They were. They've been stinking Babylon for 430 years. Think about that. Are you listening? 430 years in Babylon. Egypt. Half of the world. Pharaoh's not an evangelist. He's a hell of Are you listening? Amen. They didn't have Sunday school teachers. They didn't even have, They hung their stinking hearts on the willows. Yep. Are y'all following? There was not a preacher. There was not a prophet. There was 
was nothing. They were dried out spiritually. But not one time did they say, Moses, we have prayer meeting. They're saying, Moses, we're hungry, but man. 430 years, God's leading them out. Notice their complaints. Tell you nine out of ten complaints I've gotten, I'll get a whole lot of them. Thank God, I think people sprayed complaint B, they know what I do. But most of them I've got, you know what they've been? But a dry sun thirst. Not literally, but you understand what I'm saying. I'm getting so hungry. Open your mouth. I'm throwing you a shovel full every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday evening. That's right. All right. My God. Somebody leaves this church said they didn't get fed. They, their mouth sold us together. Hey, hey, I'm not being arrogant. I preach that Bible. Yeah. But I'm giving a bunch of food. No, I couldn't feed you if I had to. But that Bible sure is feeding you. You're hungry. It's because something's wrong with you. It ain't me. I ain't a water pump. I'm just a preacher. Well, I like getting my points, and I might. Might not. Can I say if you're going to make it out of this life the right way, you're going to have to learn to keep your natural desires under subjection and in check. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Because when you joined this church, you didn't get a bread warmer. Right. I ain't been arrogant. I'm being honest. You did not get a water pump. Right. I'll help you if you need help, but I'm not babysitting. Come on, somebody, help me. God didn't call me to change your diaper for 30 years. No, sir. I've been saved. Thank you, Lord. I heard that. Thank you, Lord. What God called me to do? Stand behind that pulpit and preach and teach the Word of God. That's right. A lot of pastors spend their time refereeing. I ain't a referee either. Right. You want to act like bonehead, we're going to treat you like bonehead. We give you an option to get it right, we don't get it right. Go to so and so, get it right. Then there's a line. We ain't interested in hellions. Hellraiser. I ain't talking about wicked, I'm talking about church members. You realize the world don't come in, the church causes a lot of problems. It's always the church in the church causing problems. Amen. Amen. What are you, Brother Josh? I'm just a preacher. Amen. I'm your pastor. But I'm not a bread warmer and not a water pump. Neither was Moses. Now, I'm going I'm to move on because some of y'all been waiting for me to. I'm not a people puppet. Amen. Anybody hear me? I heard you. I'm not a people puppet. Amen. You can't pull me this side and that and pull me that side because eventually you're going to tear me apart. I'm not a people puppet. What are you? Y'all want to know what you got? Do you? They're going to bed all. Do you all want to know what you got standing here three times a week? I'm a God called, Holy Ghost, devil hating, sin rebuking. That's all Bible. Heresy reproving. Effeminate refusing. Compromise rejecting. Bible preaching. Calvary seeking. Heaven looking. uh, uh, Rapture looking, excuse me. Heaven longing. King James Bible preacher. That's what I am. I'm looking to him. I ain't looking down here. 
I'm looking to Him. I ain't backing off. I ain't backing down. I ain't backing up. And I ain't backing out. I'm here to stay. We'll run you off. Good luck. That's right. You ever seen a tiger uncaged? Right. Preach it, sir. My God, at the I can feel the resistance. Can I tell you something? God has ordered my steps to be right here. And you all, when you joined the church, said He ordered your steps to be here too. So you know what your job is to do? Listen to the preacher. Follow the preacher as long as I'm following God. Now if I go contrary to that book, kick me out of here. Are you listening? If I go contrary, I'm telling you, I mean that, I mean it with all my heart. If I ever go contrary to the Word of God, I'm done. But as long as I'm following His Word, just get in line and march. We're heading home. All right? I don't like all that. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can write you a letter of let down to P.O. Box Lucifer's Liberal Library. Come on, somebody. I just don't like that kind of preacher. What kind of preacher do you like? Pretty good. Uh, whatever. What do you what do you what are you looking for? I'm gonna tell you what they're looking for in 2021. Teachers. They are heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. They don't like red faced, spit and slobber, mispronounced words, throat, saying what Somebody's polished, educated, got it all in order, gonna pat them on the back, give them a cupcake and smack on the rear and $50 in their gas tank for coming to church. God commissioned us to come. We're not we're not going online. We're coming down to the house of God and we're gonna sing the songs of God and we're gonna preach the word of God and we're gonna use the altars that God's laid us out and we're just gonna keep on keeping on until we cross over to Canaan. That's what we're gonna do. By God's good grace, I've done made my mind up. Right. I'm gonna stay scriptural, settled, set, steadfast, sound, and stable Amen. in the scripture of the Word of God. Amen. Help me, Lord. I'm gonna give you a few things. Are you ready? You preach rain and water pump. Number one, I want you to see their selfish expectation. Look at verse two. Selfish expectation. I could preach this at a visiting church and they'd run me out of the building shouting. They would. It's always harder at home. Selfish expectation. Look at verse 2. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses. Can I say in verse number 2, it is here that the children of Israel have challenged Moses to supply them with water. You know what they say in verse number 2? Look. Give us water that we may drink. Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? I mean, did they think Moses had a supernatural canteen that refilled itself? Moses, give us water now. You know what? They were full of selfish expectation. They were entitled. Are, are we living in an entitled generation? Everybody owes me something. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about the Lord. He don't know. The Lord sure don't owe us nothing. Amen. He's holy. We're wicked. He's righteous. We're unrighteous. He's altogether lovely. We're rotten. He don't know us nothing. They are demanding water as if it was a debt that Moses owed to them. 
Give us water now. Now, again, had it not been for Moses, they'd still be back there running somebody's mule in Egypt. They'd still be shining Pharaoh's boots. Are you listening? They'd still be waiting tables for free and doing everybody's laundry. They were in captivity and bondage and slavery to Egypt. But now we see, my friend, they're demanding water. They had that everybody owes me something attitude. May I say they knew that Moses could not offer or provide them with water out of midair, but yet they demanded he did. Why? Why would they feel the need to do such a thing? They felt entitled to it. And when there was nobody else to blame, for their lack thereof they blame the preacher but he's not a water he's not a water pump why would God's chosen people expect such an extreme request you want to know why they expected it I ain't got time to read it go home and read chapter 16 you know what they did to Moses in chapter 16 they threw a hissy fit over bread and God in his grace gave them bread you want to know why they repeated themselves in 17 because just like your kids do, if I cry and whine, raise hell for long enough, mom and dad's gonna do whatever I'm asking them. Right. By the way, that ought not be so. Yeah. I'm gonna give you scripture. These things ought not be. Right. Amen. But that's what they done. Right. You don't know why I don't feel like, and I'm not going. I refuse. That's a better word. I refuse to cater to needy people. Because once I do, I'm done. They're going to come back and come back and come back and come back and come back. They, are you listening? Ten years old, still on their mom. Help somebody. Oh, yes. That's exactly what they're doing. They got their way by throwing a temper tantrum. Here they are. Selfish expectations. The preacher ain't a water pump. I understand we all have needs uh, at times and some are as vital as walking through a desert needing a drink of water. I mean, I know we got problems, but your preacher ain't a water pump. There's going to be needs along the way uh, uh, that only God can provide and the reason uh, that you'll be faced with those dire needs, uh, God will put you to the test to let you know that only He can provide and he will provide are you listening I, I can't meet you ever need but thank God he can those who are unthankful and unbelieving start to think that because they abused former favors that there's more to come may I say when you dry up and dry out you can't blame nobody just go to God just go to God most self, the most selfish expectation a Christian could ever have is to expect the preacher to give them a drink out of a well he does not have. Amen. There is a well, but it ain't mine. Amen. And I can't walk up there and get a big scoot and make you drink. Y'all ever heard an old saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink? Amen. I can tell you where to get a good drink. I'm telling you, this book's plumb full of good drinks. This book's plumb full of bread. It's the bread of life. It's everlasting water. Are you following me? But I cannot do it for you. Amen. Secondly, not only do we see selfish expectations, then we see senseless accusations. Look at verse 2. Wherefore people did chide with Moses, give us water. He said, why do you chide with me? But look at verse 3. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses. Poor fella and said, Wherefore is that that, th that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Literally. Now how insulting. What, again, we're going to go to Sunday school mode for a minute. 
What is Egypt always a type of? The world. Who just led them out? And they're headed to Canaan's land. All this, you know, it's a real good type of picture of a preacher preaching and somebody getting saved. He's done the best thing He could ever do for them. He delivered them from the world, from death, from slavery, from bondage. Sin is death. The wage of sin is death. Sin is slavery. No longer a servant to sin. Slavery. Sin is bondage. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bond. Are you following me? I mean, it's the best type you could ever see of a man of God standing, preaching, and you getting saved. And then all of a sudden, the very one that delivered them from death that God used to deliver them from death and the life is at fault. And they said, did you bring me out of Egypt to kill me? How hurtful. How harmful to the preacher. He'd done everything God told him to do because he loved them people. And now they get him out and say, the only reason you got me in church, the only reason you got me where I'm at is just to hurt me. They were hurt by something Moses did not even do. They're accusing him of making them thirst. He did not do that. They're accusing him of withholding water that he did not have. What's the problem? They wanted a water pump instead of a preacher. That's exactly what's wrong. Number one, in their senseless accusations, they blame the preacher. I ain't got time to preach all that. The Bible said they did chide with Moses. You know what that word chide means? Listen to this. The word chide means to scold, reprove, to utter words in anger, to rebuke. Right here's the big one. To blame. They chided. They reproved him. Or excuse me, they rebuked him. They scolded him. They blamed him. They uttered words out of anger. Listen to me. It's still in your Bible that you do not rebuke an elder. You can't talk to Moses like that. You can't. Can't talk to Moses that way. Why? He's God's man. Amen. The Lord used him to bring them out of Egypt. And now they're saying, thanks a lot, Moses. You brought us out here to kill us. Sounds like a selfish Christian to me. Right. Nothing could be more insulting and gutting to Moses than to hear that. Why are, mess up, why are people so quick to turn on the preacher? Two, two reasons the Lord give me Number one, they don't trust his leadership. Everybody says they trust you and love you. Let me just tell you something, folks. They don't. They don't trust his leadership, number two, because they look at him for everything but a preacher. They want him to be a counselor. They want him to be an encourager. They want him to be a teacher. They want him to be an upper lifter. They want him to be at the grave site. They want him to be at the weddings. They want him to be at the birthday parties. They expect all that. But when it comes time to preach, that ain't what they want. Oh, yeah, I've earned that. I ain't opposed to trying to be there for everything I can be for you. I'm going to try. But I'm just going to tell you, I ain't going to make it all. Come on. And if you're let down and say, I can't believe my preacher didn't make it to my kid's birthday. Do you want a preacher or or, or a full-time birthday reserver? I mean, think about it. I know it sounds silly, but I've literally heard stories of people packing their families up, moving from a good, godly, Bible-believing church because he didn't make Junior's ninth birthday at the roller rink. God didn't call him to rub Vaseline on your dry skin and put butter rash on your back. He's supposed to preach. Amen. Good God in heaven, Brother John. Good preacher. 
You can suck your thumb, but you ain't sucking mine. Right. Hey, man. Right. We had problems with that here? No. Then what are you doing? It's called preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance. I ain't about to start. Amen. Now, most of you, I've been to everything, trying to be at everything I can be. But at the end of the day, I'm a preacher, not a water pump. May I say the preacher is not a water pump? God leads him to Rephidim. Just embrace the place. So I begin to look at this place. Now, notice this. I'm talking tonight about the uh, uh, senseless accusations. You know where God lands them, don't you? We read it. Rephidim. The Bible said in verse 1 that uh, after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord, they pitched in Rephidim. Now, I looked that word up. You know what Rephidim means, Brother Chris? It means a place of rest. God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity and bondage to a place called Rephidim, which literally means, go home, look it up, a place of rest. Do you think they got any rest? No. Why? They're too busy ridiculing. They had what I like to call 80-20 vision. They seen everything they did not have, which was 20%, and forgot about everything they did have, which was 80%. They were not slaves no more. Positive. They were not under Pharaoh's hand. Positive. They were not in Egypt and in bondage and shackled. Positive. They were not in a strange land where they couldn't teach and preach and enjoy the Lord. Positive. I'd have to go on and on and on and on and on. You know the one thing they did see though? Moses ain't got a water. He ain't got water. He ain't got a water bottle. Right. He's just let them out of the worst predicament they've ever been in, but they don't see that. Right. Are you letting, is anybody following me on Wednesday night? I'm trying to tell you if your focus is not right, the only thing you're going to see is what's done wrong or what's not provided instead of everything else God has done. Amen. You know what they could have got, Brother Teddy, and Rephidim? They could have rested. Yeah, that's right. They were thirsty. I get it. But they could have rested. It's called a place of rest. Preacher, I just don't like where I am right now. Good news, friend. Not a, not a water pump. I might not be able to help you out. You might not be able to help yourself out. That's where God told them to fix their teeth. But let me tell you what you can do. No matter how bad the storm, you rest. How's that? I know the one that calm the storm. No matter how deep the valley, you can rest. Why is that? Because he's a living in the valley. No matter how hard times may get, you can rest. Why? Because he's a shoulder to lean on when I'm down. Amen. And the rock where it leads me when I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to tell you, you may not always appreciate or enjoy where your gift has been pitched by the Lord, but you can always rest in the Lord. 430 years the Israelites were in bondage. Now they got a man of God in a place of rest, but instead of resting, all they do you know what they see Rephidim as? A residence. Yeah. What a residence? It's a resting place. All right. Hello? Anybody listen? You're in a rough place in life? Good news, friend. That's not a residence for you. Right. The devil will try to convince you this is it. This is done. Right. This storm don't this storm won't pass. Let me tell you something about storms. They all come to pass. Right. Ain't never one stayed overhead forever. 
They always go away. The birds will sing, the sun will shine, and the blue skies will glisten again. It's not a final resting place. It's not a final resting place. It's just a resting place. Amen. We're on our way home. I'm going to tell you the issue. They had already become discontent with being delivered. They forgot God had just pulled them out of Egypt. That's why they were thirsty. Focused on being thirsty. May I say, instead of looking at what all Moses cannot do, cherish what he's already done. You say, well, I just don't know about that, preacher. I don't like that about you. Okay. There's a whole lot not to like about me, but could you find something that you do like? No? All right. Two of you is like, yeah, kid. Look, people, I am what I am. I ain't always enjoyable. I get it. Let me tell you something. I'll love you and lead you if you'll let me. I'll love you and lead you. Lord may set us down in the desert, throw our tent up, and you look around and say, Preacher, we're thirsting to death. Where's the water? I'm going to say, your guess is good as mine. Are you listening? Amen. We're starting to death, Brother Josh. What are we going to do? We're going to die. I said, I don't know. I'm just going to just lay here and die. Amen. But I've come too far to realize and to accept the lie of the devil that he ain't going to. Hey, he always takes care of us. Amen. we got some things coming up. We've got some needs. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I feel like I'm thirsty today and ain't got no water, but I'm just trying to go here I am, I'm full rest there, whatever. They come in, we ain't got the money this morning. I don't know what more it's gonna happen, I have money. Are you listening? That's where I'm at with That senseless, selfish, excuse me, expectation. Senseless accusations. This is my favorite part, and I know y'all been waiting on me to get here because it's the last one you get to go home. <laughs> I didn't even get to preach all that. Senseless accusations, they wanted to blame the preacher. Secondly, they wanted to bury the preacher. You already know that, so I'm not going to preach it. And here's the, here's the, here's the, the saddest part of the senseless accusations. They stopped believing in the promises. Let me read that because I think it's important. Look in verse 7. Real quick. I ain't got time. I had a whole lot more to say. but Look in, verse, look in the bottom part of verse 7. The Bible said... They tempted the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Now, do you all remember God has parted the Red Sea and the rod has become a serpent? Do you all all remember that Moses struck the sea with a rod and it split? Do you all remember? Sister Nat, they've seen all that. They've walked through on dry land following Moses. I'm talking about a pond. I'm talking about the ocean. He put his rod in the ocean stood straight up and it wasn't damp. It wasn't soupy. Dry land. And as soon as the enemy came in behind them, they've seen all this. And here they are because they're thirsty. You know what they said? Is God even among us? Isn't it amazing that they can forsake and forget all that God had done over this one need? Listen now, that wasn't even a spiritual need. It was a physical need. Physical. 
They forgot everything. Oh my. The Lord's helped me this week. He ain't helping y'all, I can tell, but He's helping me. He's helped me this week. There's been so many people I've seen in these six and a half years. I don't know where they're at tonight. You want to know why? Some kind of physical need. Couldn't be met. But at the end of the day, let me tell you something you'll never deny. Are y'all listening? You can never deny when God does something spiritual in your life. They can say what they want. But at the end of the day, they know that God has parted some waters. They know that God has healed the sick. They know that God has turned a rod to a serpent and a serpent to a rod. They, they know it's all, And there's no denying it. They may ask silly questions, but they knew what God had done. Thirdly, we see selfish expectations, senseless accusations. But here, here's my favorite part of the whole story. We started out looking at those, the selfish and the senseless accusations. But then we find this. I want you to see lastly, and I'm going to go home, get something to eat, kick back and watch Survivor. That's what I'm watching on Netflix. Anyways, the servant's faithfulness. Are you listening? The servant's Who's the servant? If y'all go battle me, I will lay down and take a nap right in front of you. Who is the servant? Who? This, in, our, in our text. Yes, we are servants. In our text. Who is the servant? Okay, we got two of you. That, my God. Who's the servant? Moses. You know what we see? We see their selfish expectations. They're senseless. Accusations, oh, God's trying to kill us. No, He ain't. He's leading you to Canaan land where you'll never hunger thirst again. But then after all that, they turned on their preacher. They turned on God. They want to kill the man that God used to deliver them. You know what he done, the servant? Just stay faithful. This is where God's preached to me this week. You know what I want to do? Just stay faithful. Let me give you a few things. Despite the children of Israel's selfish expectations, senseless accusations, Moses shows us what a real man of God should be. We then see this. We see the servant's faithfulness. May I say Moses' loyalty was to God first, not the people of God. That's why he does not quit. That's why he does not fight back with them. That's why he does not surrender. Because he was called by God to lead them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And that's exactly what what he was set out to do. God had given him direct orders to lead the people to Canaan. May I say, even though the preacher couldn't be a water pump, he was still committed to walking the straight and the narrow path that God had placed him on. Undoubtedly, Moses was a servant who was committed to being faithful. Amen. I want to show you a few things about his faithfulness when I'm going to walk survivor. Number one, this is amazing. Preachers, I know y'all ain't pastors, but if you ever become one, let this speak to you. Look at verse 4. Now what else happened? Hope I ain't lost you. I've said a whole lot. What else happened? Selfish expectations. You give us water, Moses, he can't. Senseless accusations. They blame Moses. They wanted to bury Moses. And they quit believing the promises that God had given them. But then we see the servant's faithfulness. What did Moses do in his faithfulness? Look at verse 4. And Moses, after everything they've been through, Moses, you're trying to kill us, ain't you? He, he wasn't. God's forsaken us, ain't He? 
He hadn't. Moses, we, we need water now. We need bread now. I mean, they put him through just unnecessary. Just I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking about selfish, prideful, arrogant valleys that, that he should have never had to walk through. You know what he does in verse 4? And Moses <coughs> cried unto the Lord. Let me tell you something. He was faithful and I know he was. Number one, I want to say he wasn't bitter. Who did he go to the Lord praying for? What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. Let me tell you something. Moses ain't mad when he's praying right here. You know what he is? He's broken hearted. Hey, you know, I'm not Moses. Never be a man of God like Moses. But I've been where Moses is. Lord, they really think I'm against them and I'm not. They really think I meant to hurt them and I didn't. He's praying to the Lord because He loved them. Amen. Let me tell you something about Moses. He was not, Brother Teddy, He was not bitter. He was not bitter. If He'd have been bitter, you know what He'd have done? He'd have cussed them out, said good riddance, threw in the towel, and went to the house and ate Cheetos. But he said, I ain't doing that. I'm going, God, I need help with these people. Number two, he was faithful. Not only because he was not bitter, but secondly, he was not a quitter. Look at verse 5. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go before the people. Take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Look verse 6. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock and horb, and thou shalt smite the rock, uh, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did. You know what you see here? Verse number 5. The Bible said this. In verse 5, God said, Go on. In verse 6, the Bible said, And Moses did. Instant obedience. He said, Lord, he was not bitter. He was still praying for them. He was not bitter and he was not a quitter. He could have quit on them, but he said, God, what do I do? God said, he didn't say pout up. He didn't say take a Sunday off. He didn't say try to get back at them. He didn't say go in and target them and try to beat them in the head of the Bible. He said, Moses, just go on. And in verse 6, Moses did. What we got to do, men of God, and we preach and attack us and we're the very ones God used to deliver them and they come at us. What we do? Just go on. Don't fight them. Are you listening? Amen. Do not fight with them. Don't fight. Why? I'm going to tell you something. I've learned it. I've learned it early. Thank the Lord. If you burn a bridge now, they won't be able to cross it later. Amen. There's people sitting in here tonight if I'd have burned a bridge, you want to know to cross it back and come on? Yeah. What I do? You try to get back up? No, I just kept going. I just kept coming in and doing what I was doing when I was here. They come in preaching, singing, praying, shouting, slobbering. Are you listening? Crying, rejoicing, running, clapping, amen, and scotching, playing the guitar, tithing. Are you listening? Just go on! He was not bitter. He was not a quitter. But thank God, he was still a hitter. 
What do you mean by that? Stay with me now for I throw something. Verse number 6, look with me. Behold, God speaking, I'll stand, at, uh, stand before thee upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. You know what he had? Uh, he had that same rock when they was praising. Let me tell you something. When he, with that rod, when he took that rod and smoked the waters, oh, what a man of God Moses was. When he took that rod and threw it down and became a serpent, oh, what a man of God Moses was. When he picked it back up, oh, what a man of God Moses was. And he still had his rod. And he was still going on. Now they turned on him. They want bread. They want water. They turned on him. What's he do? He did not get bitter. He, listen, thank God, he did 